You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Well, this morning I want to uh, preach a message to you that I've entitled, thank you so much, that, that I've entitled, come on, Under, under Pressure. Anyone under, anyone find themselves under a little bit of pressure today? Come on, if you don't raise your hand, you're probably lying to me. Come on, anyone under pressure? We, we all face pressure somewhere in our lives. And if that's you today, lean in because God wants to talk to you about what to do and how to handle the pressures that we're going to face in life. And so Revelation chapter two, Revelation chapter two, starting in verse eight, says this, and to the angel of the church of Smyrna, Write the words of the first and the last, the one who died and came back to life. Now, you know it's going to be a good service, and you know it's going to be a good message when Jesus, out of the gates, introduces himself as the one who died and came back to life. Amen? Like, he's, he's got something powerful he wants to say to us today. It goes on to say this. He says, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say they're Jews, but are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in, in prison. There's, there's pressure coming. There's, there's more pressure coming that you might be tested. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Book of Revelation, John is writing to us from the island of Patmos. He's been exiled there at this point in the church um, all of the apostles have been crucified for their faith, except for John. They tried to crucify John by boiling him in oil. It didn't work. They got a little scared. And so they sent him to the island of Patmos. And while John is on the island of Patmos, he receives a revelation from Jesus, a message from Jesus to seven churches. Seven, as you know, is the number of completion throughout scripture. Revelation is an apocalyptic book, which means that they use a lot of, uh, an apocalyptic book as a revelation from heaven using different imagery to help us understand what's happening on earth. And so we pay attention to things like seven churches. And what we find is seven is the number of completion, right? And what we find here is that Jesus is speaking to not just the churches of that day. We believe that Jesus is speaking, come on, to the complete church, to all churches, not just the the little C churches of that day, but the capital C church from all time. And so here's why this, this uh, series is so important. It's because, well, Jesus is talking to seven actual churches of that day, Ephesus, Smyrna, and on. He's also talking to seven churches of today. Like he's talking to us. He's talking to our neighbors. He's, he's talking to seven types of churches. We ask ourselves, what, well, what would Jesus have to say to the church today? Revelation chapter two, here's what Jesus says to the church. Churches of that day, churches of two days. Some actually believe that these seven churches represent seven 
periods of time throughout the church age. And so if you look at it that way, the first church, Ephesus, was the, was the first church, the church of Acts. This church would be that next age within the church age, which was the persecuted church, which is what Smyrna was, a persecuted church. And you go on through the ages, and some actually believe, and I'll let you decide as we get close to this in the end of this series, is that we are living in the last church age represented here in Revelation through these letters that Jesus is writing the church. The churches in Revelation are represented to us as seven golden lampstands, okay? And um, you heard me talk about this last week, that the church is meant to be the light of the world, right? We're, we're, we're meant to burn bright for Jesus. We're meant to shine the, our light into the darkness of this world. Come on, as the world gets darker, it doesn't worry me. Why? Because Jesus is the light of the world, amen? And we're gonna be okay because, come on, he's, he's brighter than the darkest of nights. Now, Jesus is, the churches are the seven lampstands, so where's Jesus in all this? We find Jesus, it says, is in the midst of the seven lampstands. Well, what's he doing? Jesus is doing what, what the priests would do in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, in the sanctuary, the priests were in charge of keeping the, the candlesticks or the lampstands lit. Their job was to trim the wick and to pour on them fresh oil so that they would burn bright. Come on, everybody, listen to me. Sometimes the church, our, our light can start to dim. Sometimes even as an individual, your, your light can start to dim. Your faith feels like it's, it's about ready to go out. But you know what Jesus is doing today? Jesus who said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When all manner of hell is coming up against your life and all things are trying to, trying to put out your light, Jesus is in the midst of his church. What's he doing? Come on, he's trimming the wicks. He's cutting away the dead things. He's cutting away the things that are holding you back and he's pouring on fresh oil. You know, oil represents in scripture, it's the spirit, oil represents the spirit of God, a fresh anointing from God. And I wanna tell you today that if you feel like you're about ready to burn out, if a church is walking through a season where their light is flickering, Jesus comes along and his job in the midst of the church, he just wants to bring that flame to full fire. And I don't know about you, but I wanna be a church, come on, you with me? That is at full fire, at full flame, that we're living in everything that God's got for us as a church. That we play our part in what he wants to do in this county. We play our part in what he wants to do in the cities surrounding us. That, that we don't just back down. That we, we, we open ourselves up to what God wants to say to us. What does he wanna trim away? God, anoint us afresh, pour your spirit afresh in our midst and on our lives. Amen, you with me? And that's what Jesus is doing for all intents and purposes in these letters is he's, he's trimming the wicks, he's pouring out fresh oil, he's correcting, he's, he's encouraging, he's, he's challenging the churches. And so he speaks to the first church, the church of that day, and church like, churches like that today. And he says, here's what I need from you. Like, listen, I need you to get back to your first love. Some of you, you've lost your first love and you, you need to get back. We talked about that last week. Well, today he talks to this church in, in Smyrna and he tells them, listen, I want you to remain faithful under pressure. Someone say under pressure. Someone say under pressure. I know, cue the music. Under pressure, come down on me. Okay. It was like, that was like the whole Millie Vanilli song. Remember that they lip sync and then it was really, eh, never mind, you know what I mean? Um, under pressure, under pressure, under pressure. You know, all of us um, are gonna live under pressure. It's, it's gonna show up somewhere in your life. Pressure is not, a, uh, it's not an elective course. 
it's like you, you got to you, you don't get to choose it. You know, like I'll, I'll have math, science. Uh, no pressure, please. No pressure. No, it's not an elective. It's a it's an actual required course in life. We're all going to face pressure. That the church in Smyrna is facing great amounts of pressure. That people of that day they actually loved Rome. We we think of Rome. We think oh you know evil Rome. They crucified Jesus and all the rest. And that's true. There was some really you know aspects like that, that you're looking at Rome going, oh, they're the bad guys. But the reality is, if you lived in Rome, it's a great place to live. Rome took care of, of its people. Rome gave them Roman roads. Rome gave them, they called it Pax Romana or Roman peace. They had incredible peace under the Roman, over the Roman government. And therefore, the people of Rome uh, pledged their allegiance to Rome. They, they loved Rome. They loved the Roman emperors. They loved the Roman Caesars. And what started to happen in Rome at this time is that the actual Roman citizens started worshiping the Roman Caesars. And, and at first, the, they, the Roman Caesars, they, they dismissed it like, hey, no, 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 no. But as time went on, they started to accept it. And as time continued to go on, they actually expected worship from the people of Rome. Matter of fact, in this city, the city of Smyrna, it was the very first city to build a temple that was dedicated to the Roman Caesars. And the Caesar at that time, Domitian, actually required that all citizens would worship him. Well, what they would do is they would require you to worship, uh, Domitian would require you to worship him, and if not, he would say that you would be killed by the sword. Well, here in this city is where that temple was built and where Christians were, were forced to either worship or be killed by the sword. And so you could imagine the pressure that the church faced in that day. And Jesus writes to them and he says this. Jesus says, I know your tribulation. That the word tribulation, is, it's pressure. It means it's the pictures of a heavy rock. Some of you ever felt this in your life? Just on your shoulders or on your chest, just about ready to crush you. It's, you, you feel like you can't bear it anymore. You don't know what you're gonna do. If you don't get relief, you don't think you can go on. And that's this word tribulation. It's this word pressure, just pressing in on you. And Jesus says, I want you to know that I know, I know you're under pressure. I know you got some things going on in, in your life. Come on, I, I know, Jesus would say, I know that so many of you coming in here right now today are carrying immense amounts of, of pressure. You've got social pressure. You've got e emotional pressure. There's relational pressure. The, the marriage isn't going like you had hoped. You're, you're, you're at wit's ends with, with children who are now wayward. You're, you've, got, you've got all sorts of financial pressure and everywhere you look in life, maybe one specific giant place inside your life, there is massive amounts of pressure. I wonder where is your pressure today? Where's your pressure? You know, I taught my kids, I talk about this all the time, to be really kind to people because you have no idea the struggle and the pressure that they're facing. I think everyone around us is facing things and has struggles and pressures that, that no one else knows about. Like even in this room right now, some of you, you're facing things that no one in the room knows about. You're carrying things that maybe those even closest to you have no idea about and you're under immense amount of pressure. There's things that, 
that keep you up at night, that wake you up in the morning. There's, there's things that you, you try to distance in your mind, but just come flooding back over and over again. There's, there's pressure, pressure, pressure in, in your life. And here's what Jesus says to you. Listen, Jesus says, I want you to know that I see your pressure. Come on, everybody, Listen. Jesus says, I'm, I'm not unaware of what's happening in your life. I, I want you to know I, I see it. Church family, listen to me. You need to understand today that even if no one else understands it, if no one else knows it, if, if no one else could, could comprehend what you're walking through today, Jesus comes alongside you and says, I want you to know that although no one else sees it, I see it and I know it and, and I'm watching. My, it's not, it's not, it hasn't escaped my vision. I see what's happening inside your life and I want you to know you're not alone in it. Oh, I know you feel alone because no one else understands. But Jesus says, I know your tribulation, I, I know your pressure. And I want you to know that not only does he know what you're walking through, he cares immensely about it. Come on, he does. You know what it says over in the book of, in the book of 1 Peter 5, 7, Jesus invites us, he says, cast all your anxiety, come on, all your, all your pressure, all the stuff keeping you up at night, all the, he says, cast it on me, why? Because I care for you. I don't want you to carry that alone, Jesus would say. He knows your pressure. He sees your pressure. Listen, not only does Jesus know it in that he sees it, Jesus knows it in that he's, he's bared a lot of that prayer. He's carried it himself. Like Jesus is not, well, it tells us in Hebrews. It says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. It's not that, it actually says that, but one who in every respect has been tempted just as we are, yet without sin. In other words, he's been under the pressure He's felt that rock, that weight, that, that, that crushing pressure in his own life. At the cross, he felt that crushing pressure in his own life. And he looks at you and he says, listen, I see it. I, I, I know it. I know about you, but that encourages me. Amen? Yeah. Encourages me to know that, that Jesus sees it and he walks with me in it. But here's what Jesus does to and for this church that's under all this pressure is he says, I got a word for you. I don't know about you, but I get really excited if I think I'm carrying a whole bunch of stuff. Jesus, come here, I got a word for you. Come here, come here I, wanna, I wanna tell you something. Come on, aren't you running as fast as you can? You're just like, okay, God, what do you wanna say? Because I'm carrying all this. I don't know what to do with all this. And if you've got a word for me in the midst of all this, let's have the word. God, give me a word. You know, people all the time, I, I need a word from God, right? Anyone need a word from God right now in this moment under your pressure? Come on, second service. I know you're trying, some of you are, are trying to lean in and figure it out. But anyone want a word from God? Come on, right? For the four and a half people. Anyone want a word from God? Okay. Now watch. What Jesus says to that church under their pressure is the same thing he's gonna say to us under our pressure. Do you know what he says to that church? Revelation chapter two, verse 10, they're under all sorts of pressure. He says this, do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison that you may be tested for 10 days. You will have tribulation. Is that encouraging or what? Here's what Jesus says to everyone under pressure. You know what he says? There's gonna be more pressure. There's gonna be more pressure. 
Now, that might not be the word we want to hear, but it's the word that we have to hear. It's the reality that we have to face. And so Jesus just goes, listen, I know you got a lot going on there in Smyrna. I know that the Caesar is forcing you to worship him. I know that because you're a Christian, you're unable to find a job because they, they ridicule those who are, that don't stand for the Roman government. I know you're going through a bunch right now, but come here, kids, come here, come here, come here. There's gonna be more pressure. And family, listen, you need to understand that. We need to understand that today. It's just the reality. Uh, there's, a, there's a common misconception. There's actually a, a false gospel that's preached that says, give your life to Jesus. And sometimes we feel this way. Maybe you've even heard it. Give your life to Jesus and all your problems are gonna go away. Hey, give your life to Jesus and everything just gets easy. Give your life to Jesus and, and you're gonna have no more problems, no more pressure. Just give your life to Jesus. And sometimes that gospel's actually preached where we feel like I give my life to Jesus and it's just all supposed to get better. Doesn't the Bible say he wants to prosper me and your version of prosper means I'm gonna get a, a mansion, a Mercedes and all my problems are gonna go away. But God's version of prosper is very different. God's version of prosper is a prosperity in the midst of whatever suffering you might be facing, a prosperity in the, in the midst of your enemies. David says this in Psalm 23, you prepare a table before me in the midst of my enemies. While all the pressure is still all around, I'm at the table with my Jesus. I've got something different than the world has. You see, there's a gospel that'll tell you it just all gets easy, that faith keeps us from trials. But that's not at all what Jesus preached, is it? Matter of fact, you wanna, here's your, here's your new memory verse, everybody. Aren't you glad you came to church today, by the way, everybody? Like, you're just glad. Like, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I had to go to church for them to tell me there's gonna be more issues in my life. I had to go to church for them to tell me it doesn't always get easier. But you need to hear it, church. Like Jesus, here's, your, here's a Bible memory verse for you. I never see it on anybody's fridge. I don't know why. But it says this in John 6, 16, verse 33. In this world, anybody in the world right now, like we're, we're still breathing oxygen in this world. He says, I want you to know something. In this world, you will have tribulation. The word tribulation actually means pressure. All right, come on. Put that on your, put that on your fridge. Put that on, on, write that on, all cute on, on your window, you know, on your mirror when you're getting ready. In this world, I will have, I want you to start naming and claiming this one, right? Come on, what's your, what's your, what's your promise from God? I'm gonna have some tribulation. Yet Jesus promises it. Uh, James chapter one, verse two. This is actually one of the first portions of scripture I memorized, but here's what it says. In James chapter one, two, he says, count it all joy, brethren, when, someone say when, when, when you fall into various trials. Like in other words, it's not like it might happen. It's like, no, it, it's gonna happen and you just need to know it up front. You're gonna fall into various trials. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith will produce patience. It's gonna work something in you. When you fall into trials, when you fall into trials. When. Now here's why this is important to understand. It's because if you don't understand that um, you're gonna face trials, then friends, those trials can take you out. And here's what I mean by that. that 
The things that you're not prepared for are often the things that, that'll wipe you out. The things you haven't seen coming are the things that can, come on. So like, like when my kids were little, I used to come home from work and I'd go walking through the house and they knew I was home. They do this all the time. It was a season where they just loved to do this to dad and dad just loved when this would happen. As I'd come in the house, I'd close the garage, they knew I was home and there was a hall that I'd, I'd walk through, a door in the hall, I'd walk through, the couch was right on the other side of that, right? So get this picture, here's the door, there's the couch. I'd walk through and, and lo and behold, without fail, there would always be a kid standing on top of that couch getting ready that when I walked through the couch and went to the kitchen, they would j- jump on me from, from that couch. And I got, some, I got some very insightful news for everybody. If you see the kid coming, you could usually handle it. But if they catch you by surprise, guys, there's a few times I was laid out flat on the kitchen floor because a kid just came flying out of nowhere. I didn't see him coming and it messed me up. Listen, more than it had to. You know, you could break your legs stepping off a curb if you don't see it coming, right? And here's what Jesus is saying. Hey, don't break your leg. Don't end up, don't end up laid out on the kitchen floor just because a trial's coming. Like, listen, you gotta know there's trials that are gonna come. There's more pressure that's gonna come. Don't let it surprise you. First Peter 4, 10 through 12 says this, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though some strange thing was happening to you. Because it's not a strange thing. Friends, listen, the stock market might crash. I promise you we're gonna have good news in a little bit. But just come on, sit in the reality of this stuff. We might go into more recession. Uh, You might lose your job. You might be given a bad report. Your kids might make, anybody, bad decisions. Your kids, your spouse might make a bad decision. You, come on. There might be pressure at work. There might be pressure at home. There, it's gonna feel impossible to bear, but listen, I wanna tell you up front so it doesn't surprise you when it comes. Jesus says, here's my, here's my word to the church. There's gonna be more pressure. You're gonna face it. You know, the, the, the pressure that the, they were facing here in this city, Jesus actually said that the devil's gonna throw you in, in jail for 10 days. It was, a, it was a spiritual attack. It was, had spiritual strings attached to this pressure. And I want you to know that still exists today, that there, is, there are spiritual strings sometimes atta- attached to the, to the pressures that we face. And I, I can sense it sometimes when, I mean, it just, it's just more, more than usual. Some people say like, man, it just feels like all hell's breaking loose. And sometimes it is, it is. You know, you, you need to know that the, the day you gave your life to Jesus is the day that you declared war, right? You, you wonder like everything was going so smooth and everything was great. And then I gave my life to Jesus and now like what is going on? Well, here's the thing is that before you were just like in the flow with everything that the enemy had planned and you're in the flow of the world. You're in, and all of a sudden you give your life to Jesus and it's like you are in a sense standing against the tide of everything that the enemy is attempting to do and you're gonna feel that pressure. Friends, here's what I'm trying to tell you is that giving your life to Jesus isn't necessarily getting on the love boat with a bunch of church people and, and playing shuffleboard off into the sunset the rest of your life. Come on, everyone. 
Like some of us think that. Give your life to Jesus. We'll just play shuffleboard, hang out. And, and you know, like when, when you're on the love boat, they, they bring you your bread. And if, if, the, if the butter's cold, you complain about it. Why the butter's cold? Can I get some warm, can I get some warmer butter? You know, because you think you're on the love boat. But when you realize that you're not on the love boat and that was a rocket that just got launched off the back of the boat. This is, a, this is a battleship. You realize quickly we're in a battle and who has time to complain about cold butter? Come on, everybody. That'll preach. I don't care what you say, right? Do you see the difference between this like, I'm on a love boat and we're just all kind of, hey, you know, just gonna get pampered between now and heaven and this like, man, we're, come on, you guys. We're in a, we're in a battle. Come on, I'm, I'm gonna keep harping at home just one last time, like, we love the illustrations that Jesus gives us in scripture, don't we? That help us understand who we are and who he is. And so we love the idea of, of uh, you know, he is, he is our great shepherd, so I'm a sheep. And oh man, I love that. Just love that. I, I, love, I love that we're family and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. I love that. I mean, I love all this. We often forget that the Bible says, hey, you're a soldier. You're a soldier. What do soldiers do? They, man, they fight, fight battles. They, 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 they stand in the gap. They, they face pressures, right? And here's what'll happen, friends. The reason I keep driving this home is because if you don't understand this, the moment that faith is supposed to rise up and take ground, doubt sets in and you give up ground in your life. And I'm trying to help you not doubt. See, when you get into the pressure, don't doubt. Jesus says, don't fear when you're in the pressure, just do not fear the suffering that's about to come your way, the pressure that's about to come your way. See, if you don't understand it, you fear because you go this, you go like this, you go, well, I thought God loved me. I, 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 thought, I thought God was in this, but it's hard. Hold up. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. But we think if we don't understand what Jesus is saying here, that there's gonna be pressure. We think, well, there's pressure, it must not be God. I mean, it's hard, so it must not be God. I mean, try, try convincing the Apostle Paul that everything God wanted to do was gonna be easy. I mean, you talking to a guy that was shipwrecked, abandoned, left for dead, thrown on an island, you know, beaten in the same way Jesus was. And, and Paul, the Apostle, suffered many things. Matter of fact, his calling in... <laughs> His calling in the ministry was, hey, someone go tell Paul the things he's gonna need to suffer for my name. Paul had to carry immense amounts of pressure. But because he knew it was coming, because it didn't surprise, listen, he never doubted God in any of it. And so he was able to be shipwrecked and abandoned. He was able to walk through everything that the world would throw at him, anything that the enemy would throw at him. And he would say, bring it. Because listen, I don't have to fear. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. The one who is with me is bigger than the pressure that's coming upon me. You see, I knew the pressure was coming. But listen, I know the one who's greater than the pressure. Jesus says, do. Here's what you do. The pressure's coming. Just don't fear. Don't fear. Learn from Paul. Paul didn't fear. We don't have to fear. So what does fear do? Fear, here's what fear wants to do. Fear, the, the pressure is gonna try to get you to fear. And what fear does is it tells you that you're not gonna make it. Fear is gonna tell you that there's no hope. You see, fear is gonna threaten you. The pressure, if it's not handled in faith, gets handled in fear. And now the pressure that you could sustain in faith, if you allow there to be fear, that pressure threatens you now. And some of you are in here today and that pressure's threatening 
threatening you. Well, Jesus comes up alongside you and says, listen, you don't have to fear. Well, what's the opposite of fear? It's faith. You could have faith. See here, what faith is gonna do is faith is gonna remind you that no matter how big the threat is against you, there is still one greater that is for you. His name is Jesus, by the way, who introduced himself as the one who once was dead and is now alive. So what's the pressure you're facing again? Oh yeah, by the way, the one who's with you, he's the one who once was dead but is now alive. In other words, if I've conquered the grave, don't you think I can handle any of the pressures you're facing today? Anything that you find yourself in the, in the midst of the day? Come on, everyone, come on, say with me. There's pressure. There's pressure. Come on. There's going to be pressure. But here's what I want you to understand. Two, two, two last things, okay? Is there's going to be pressure. But, however, pressure has a point. There's a pressure point. There's a point to your pressure. Do you see what Jesus said? He said, you're gonna be in, go back to Romans chapter 2, 10 right there. So do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison. If we could put that on screens, that you may be, if someone could help me, you may be, what's it say? That you may be, what's it say? Tested. Tested. That you may be what? All sorts of good news this morning. Ready? You're gonna be put in prison. You're gonna, under, you're gonna go undergo this pressure. And here's what's gonna happen. That pressure is gonna have a point. Listen to me. There is no pressure in your life, no suffering in your life that God can't use. God doesn't waste a thing that comes up against you. And when the pressure comes up against you, here's what God says, is that pressure is actually gonna be used to test, to test. Someone say test. James 1, 2 through 4 says, the testing of your faith does something. It produces Patience, it produces. The testing of your faith produces. So here's what Jesus says to this church. You're about to go under some pressure. All of you, you're facing some pressure. But listen, there's a point to the pressure. The point of the pressure is to test. What the test can do is actually produce. Friends, listen. If you continue, if you choose to lean in in faith to whatever pressures you might be facing, those pressures are the very thing that have the ability to actually strengthen your faith. You see, without pressure, it's impossible to get stronger. Without pressure, it's impossible to, to gain strength. Come on, you understand this. Where's my gym rats in here? Like, come on, like, like you just love the gym. I gotta get to the gym. Why do you wanna get to the gym? Because at the gym, I can undergo some pressure. Obviously, I go to the gym all the time, right? You can see that. That I'm, I, am, I am ripped and I am, no, I'm not. Actually, here's what happened. Back in the day, back in the way back, my wife uh, it, caught me watching uh, UFC. And back then, there's a guy named Chuck Liddell and I used to watch these guys fight. And that one day, she heard me say, she, I, I said, I wanna look like that. I said that out loud, I said that. Can you believe it? Well, I said that on one day and on the next day, my wife had ordered a, a barbell set that was delivered to our house to help me look like that. Thanks, babe, by the way. Uh, and so I was actually kind of excited. Like, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to work. I'm gonna get to work. And so I go to get to work and I grab a 40 pound weight. I know, please don't laugh at me. Please, 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 everybody. But I went and I grabbed that weight. I did, I struggled and I strained to pull it up one time. Just go, okay, okay. And it, it hurt. And my wife says, why don't you start with the 10 pounds? 
oh man. And so sure enough, I go and I hit that 10 pound weight. I hit that 10 pound weight. I know it's very embarrassing to talk about the fact that I'm struggling to, come on, 10 pounds. But I would go, go and go and go and go and go and go. And I'd go so I couldn't go anywhere. I'd set it down and pick it up. And I'd go. And that pressure, come on, that pressure was working. And that pressure was just ripping up my muscles. That's what it does, by the way. It tears and it rips and it pulls. And that pressure, that pressure. I would get to this point with those 10-pound weights. I'd go to take a shower. I couldn't even, I couldn't even lift my hands to do my hair. To wash, I'm in the shower just going, oh, man. Oh, I'd have to bend down and do my hair. Because it's just so much. But I tell you what. Days went by, weeks went by, and pretty soon, 10 pounds, nothing. I just had nothing. And now I'm, now, now I'm just fine. And guess what? My wife says, you can move to 20 pounds. And then you go to 20 pounds. And pretty soon, that, that 20 pounds, that, it's messing up your arms. And it's, come on, you get the point. And then it's 30. And then it's 40. And then it's 50. And then you're, come on, I'm okay. I, I stopped long before that. But listen, <laughs> you get the point. Here's what God's saying. Pressure has a point. And if you allow the pressure to do what God intends for it to do, what he wants to do in the pressure, here's what God's doing. He's going, hey, I see something that I want to do in your life at some point. There's, there's a, there's a, but to do that, there's some weight you're going to have to bear. If you were to bear it now, it would crush you. But here's what we're going to do is before we get to the 100 pounds, before we get to the 120 pounds, we're going to start with the 10 pounds. And so right now, it feels like a lot of pressure. But listen, that pressure, as you endure it, as you press into it, that pressure is going to strengthen you for the things that are coming in your future. And as you learn to bear under this in faith, you can then bear under that in faith. It proves you, it grows you, it strengthens you. Hey, you might be under pressure today because there's something God wants to do tomorrow. Come on, amen? And you just got to be okay with the fact, I'm going to face pressure. And God is going to use the pressure. There's a point to the pressure. He's going to grow me in the pressure. It's the same thing. You remember, you remember PE class, the mile trial? You go like the mile trial and the coach would say, coach, PE coach would say, we're going to run the mile trial. And you would hear it. All the, uh, everybody, uh, right? There'd always be a few that are like, no, let's bring it. Let's do it. I was one of those. I, love, I was like, okay, let's go. I'm gonna be a runner. I'm gonna get better. The first time you run that mile, it about wipes you out, right? You get back from summer and you're like, oh, I can't do this. Oh. But months in, you're running the mile like it's nothing. You're like, bring on two. The coach says, no, I want you to work on your time. I want you to get it faster, okay? And you get that mile down. Man, I was in the, I was in the low fives. I was kind of, I was pushing, because I'm pushing, but then there's all these other people like, I'm not going to push. I'm going to walk it. They'd walk it. So I'm fine. And then you have the other crew. The other crew would always like, I'm going to lay here in the grass. Just weave together flowers and make bracelets and stuff like that. But if you push, listen, if you stay in it, it makes you stronger. It does stuff in you that can't be done in you otherwise. Please hear me. It works muscles inside of you that cannot be strengthened otherwise. God will not allow you to bear up under trials that you can't sustain. But in all things, he gives us a way out. God allows there to be pressure, but he's also your spotter, amen? He's like, you got that? You got, God, I can't push anymore. He's like, I got you. 
But there's just this balance, right, of where we carry things as he's carrying us. And the things we carry, come on, he's using to strengthen us. He's using to grow us. He's using to show us what's actually inside of us. Friends, you don't yet know what's in you until you've got something on you. And God allows you to see it. The testing, the testing, the testing strengthens your faith like you would a muscle. The testing also shows you your faith. I think there's some things that God wants to show you. I think there's some stories God wants to tell. But you know the stories that God wants to tell and the things he wants to show you? Matter of fact, the the testimony he wants to give to the world is always gonna start with great amounts of pressure. I mean, think about your favorite Bible story. What is your favorite Bible story? Here's what typically happens in your favorite Bible story. There is an insurmountable amount of pressure. The odds are stacked up against a David because there's a Goliath. Massive amounts of, someone say pressure, pressure, pressure. And it's the pressure under that pressure as David steps into the pressure filled with faith. Watch, he gets to see what faith can do under pressure. Faith doesn't alleviate the pressure. Faith doesn't take away the pressure. But faith upholds young David in the midst of the pressure. And now we tell the story of David and Goliath because it was a young man with the odds stacked against him that God used to slay a giant. And I'm telling you right now, there are stories that God wants to tell in your life of giants slain. But if you're gonna see giants slain, you're gonna have to find yourself at some point in life not afraid to stand in the valley of pressure and face the giants that look insurmountable. Instead of running from the pressure, friends, let God meet you in the pressure. Work in the pressure. Tell the story that he's been desiring to tell in your life through the, someone say, pressure, pressure. See, the pressure shows you what God can do. Come on, I wonder what story God wants to tell in the pressure you're facing today. I wonder what he wants to do in your life. Do you know what he'll do? As, the, as Dustin comes up and help me close service, worship. What he'll do is God will teach you things in those moments that you can't learn any other way. And if you let him, he'll show you things there to, sh- to expand your understanding of who he is. He'll expand your understanding that he is a good God no matter what, that he can provide in ways that you never thought he could. God, if you let him in those moments when you, when you think that it's, it's too much, is gonna carry you in ways that you've never seen him carry you before. God, in those moments of pressure, in those moments of pain, and in those moments of suffering, is gonna be closer to you than you ever thought possible. He's gonna carry you. Paul prayed three times that God would take away the thorn that was in his flesh. But here's what, Paul, what God said to Paul in the midst of his suffering. He prayed, God, would you get me out of it? Would you get me out of it? And here's what God said. He said, no, Paul, here's what I want you to understand is that my strength is actually gonna be made perfect in the weakness you have right now, in the weakness you have. While you're under this pressure, Paul, I'm gonna do something inside of you that I couldn't do otherwise. I'm gonna teach you something about my character. I'm gonna teach you something about my faithfulness that you would never experience in any other way. But God, aren't you interested in getting me out of this? God says, I'm actually more interested in meeting you in the midst of this. You know, the word Smyrna, the the city was named Smyrna. It's very similar to a word. We get another word out of it called myrrh. 
Smyrna, myrrh, myrrh. Myrrh was a fragrance. It was a a flower that they would plant that they would get fragrance from. And they would use that fragrance in the embalming of bodies. They'd use that fragrance. Royalty would actually use it as uh, as a sign of showing that they're wealthy. But do you know that the only way you can get that fragrance out of that plant was to, listen, crush it, crush it, crush it. Guys, listen, church. God sometimes wants to show off a different aspect of his fragrance in your life, of who he is in your life. And, and sometimes what he'll do is, yeah, he'll deliver you from pressure, but other times he'll sustain you in the midst of the pressure. He'll show up and just love on you in the midst of it. And so friends, listen, where is their pressure? Would you let God today meet you in the pressure? Don't fear. Instead, in faith, lean in. Because see, your pressure has a point. But here's the last thing I want you to understand. Is that your pressure, it's gonna pass. Would you stand to your feet with me as we close in? Revelation chapter 10 verses 10 through 12, he says this. Don't fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil's about to throw some of you in prison that you might be tested. And he says something interesting. For 10 days, you're gonna have tribulation. And all sorts of commentators go into this whole thing on trying to describe what those 10 days are and all this. And I could get all into that. But here's all you need to know. It's 10 days. In other words, there's a beginning but there's also an end. And you need to understand this dear believer that no matter what pressure you might be facing on this side of heaven, in Christ, and only Christians can say this, in Christ, it's never forever. It's never forever. I want you to know that the pressure you're under today, God will deliver you from someday. God will move you out of someday. You will someday, someday look back and say, look what God was up to. Look how God held me through it. Come on, listen. Sometimes you play it out in your mind and you see it as a dead end. Sometimes you play it out in your mind and you go, there's just no way. God always makes a way when there is no way. Come on, think about Think about the stuff you were carrying years ago that you thought was gonna end you. You're still standing. You're still here. God is faithful. His past faithfulness demands his present trust. Now listen, listen. He says, be faithful even unto death. Let me just level with you for a second. Every one of us, no matter what we face on this planet, whether it's a doctor that gives you a bad report, whether it's the loss of a loved one, whether it's like you name it, you throw the worst that this world has to throw at me. The the enemy can, can just toss all the weight of this world at me. But here's here's what the here's what the Lord of heaven promises you that even in that, it won't last forever. 
because every single one of us are anchored beyond this planet. We're anchored beyond all the things of this world. We're anchored in heaven, friends. There's a day coming. Come on, there's a day coming. So in other words, whatever pressure I'm under right now, it won't be forever. It can't be forever. It's impossible in the life of a Christian to hold them down because they're anchored in heaven. Where Jesus says this in Revelation, he will, he will. Come on, what are you facing right now? I I promise you, keep your eyes on Jesus. Come on, because someday you'll be with Jesus and he will wipe every tear from every eye. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things, come on, are passed away. The former things are gone. Come on. And I think that's a place where we can put some faith in Jesus. There's going to be pressure. Pressure's got a point. And it's never church. It's never forever. Come on. Can we... Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives change through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Gotta, gotta keep on.